Psalm 46 is our passage for this evening. To the choir master of the sons of Korah, according to the Alamoth, the song. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The show Singing in the Rain. And if you've ever heard of that, what happens is that there's a lot of rain and a lot of water, particularly in the scene where uh, whoever it is is doing the song. And the people on the first three row, notice no one's sitting on the first three row tonight. Apparently they get given special max and things because they all get soaked, you see. Well, they're all singing away, singing in the rain. And of course, everybody had a great time. And then as everyone went out of the theater, the heavens opened. But no one was singing. (laughs) Now the point is this, folks. We can sing in the rain when it's just for fun. But how well do we sing when it's really raining? That's the point. Um, I'm sure Mark has got very many tales to tell about Ukraine. We won't uh, steal his thunder from that situation. But apparently, the Ukrainian government told its people in advance of the invasion, make sure you know where the bomb shelters are. Make sure you know where the bomb shelters are. And of course, as the Russian bombs began to fall, the people were able to go to the tube station or whatever it was. And uh, very many were able to be protected. Make sure you know where the bomb shelters are. Well, we're reading a psalm tonight that tells us where spiritually the bomb shelters are. You might be a Christian who's not had many problems, difficulties, burdens, or struggles, but they will come. In the world, said Jesus, you will have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But when the sun is shining... We need to know where the bomb shelter is spiritually. And that's why we come to our psalm this evening. God is our refuge 
and our strength. A very present help in trouble. We went through a series, going through a series at the moment in the Psalms in Dovecot, our church back in Liverpool. We used the Psalm Toolbox. Have you ever heard of the Psalm Toolbox? Let me tell you about the Psalm Toolbox. In every Psalm, you ask five questions. You ask, when was it written? Sometimes the title over the Psalm will give you a clue. It doesn't here, so it's okay, you don't have to look. Um, when was it written? Or what the background was. That will give you a clue about the psalm sometime. How is it written? These are songs or poems. So they have a structure. Like our poetry but different. We rhyme words. They contrast or rhyme ideas. We'll see that in a minute. When was it written? How was it written? What is the message of this psalm? For them, then for us. Jesus said to his disciples, the Psalms speak of me. We should expect to find Christ in the Psalms. Let's see where we find him tonight. And what are the lessons? Finally, the subjective question. You see, the Bible isn't all about me, is it? It's all about God first, but it is about me as well. And there are lessons for you and me. 2022, April the 3rd, here, Sunday night at Hoylake. So we come then to those five questions. We're going to unpack the psalm. When was it written? Well, nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows for sure. Some of the psalms you do, it says this was written by David when he was in the cave, hiding from Saul. Does anyone know which one that was? Psalm 57. I know you're all very clever. Psalm 46. But of course, there was a time when Jerusalem, Psalm 46, 47, 48, are all about the city of the great king, Jerusalem. There was a time when Jerusalem was surrounded by enemies. In fact, that story is told not once, not twice, but three times in scripture. Two kings, two chronicles, Isaiah all tell of the time when the Assyrian king Sennacherib sent an army of about 200,000 men to surround Jerusalem. If you go to the British Museum, you can see some of the records of Sennacherib. He was a king of Nineveh. Some of the records of his conquests. Uh, And in the annals of Sennacherib, on the Taylor prism, no connection, In the British Museum, 46 walled cities were taken. 200,000 people were deported. But Jerusalem was not one of those that was taken. And its people were not deported. And he mentions Hezekiah. He's he's not a Christian. This is a secular king. He says Hezekiah was like a caged bird. Held up in Jerusalem. That's what he says in the British Museum. Confirming the Bible. But Jerusalem was never ever taken. And in actual fact we read this. Then an angel of the Lord went out. And slew in the camp of the Assyrians. 185,000 men. And when they arose the next morning. Behold they were all dead men. God sent his angel. Delivered his city. 
It may not have been written at that time, but that fits really well with what we read in this psalm. How is the psalm written? Remember I said in our poetry we have, you know, roses are red, violets are blue, and then you get something that rhymes with I love you or something like that. We, we, get, I, we get words that rhyme, not in Hebrew often. You get ideas that rhyme or that contrast. There are three contrasts in the psalm. We read in verse 2 of an earth that is removed. Uh, Israel is on the Rift Valley that runs right the way through and goes right the way down to Africa. Uh, right, big fissure in the earth. It is a place of earthquakes. Uh, and of course the people may know what it would be like to have an earthquake or they would have heard of one. It must be a terrible thing to be in an earthquake when the building shakes and you don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we read there of an earth being removed but then we read in contrast the city of God, verse 5, is unmoved. Same verb. Unmoved. The earth shaken. God's city solid. We read of waters raging and foaming in verse 3. It's waters roar and are troubled. And then in verse 6, there is a river. Sorry, verse 4, there is a river that flows through the city of God. That's true physically of Jerusalem. There's underground streams by which it, its inhabitants were able to be, have water while those outside were in the, in the hot sun. You may have heard of the pool of Siloam where the blind man went and washed. Jesus sent him to the pool of the scent, the pool of Siloam, and he washed and he came back seeing. There's the pool of Bethesda where another man was, was, uh, was healed. There are pools and underground streams in Jerusalem. Um, so it's true physically. But this is more than physical. There is a city in heaven. There is a river. Ezekiel saw it. John the Apostle saw it. We see it with the eye of faith. The river of God. The river of his pleasures. You see there is a city. God's city. If you're a Christian tonight. You are part of that heavenly city. And you will see his face one day. There is a city. In all the raging waters, there's a river. In all the troubled earth's problems, there's a city that will never be removed. There's a river of God's pleasure which flows. And the third contrast we see in the psalm is uh, when nations are raging, verse 6, there's a sovereign God who powerfully speaks. They rage, he speaks. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted amongst the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. God will have the last word. So that's when it was written. 
This is how it was written. That's the poetry, something of the poetry of the psalm. But there's one message which comes three times. And it is this. God is our refuge and our strength. We get that in verse 1. We get that in verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. And we get that in verse 11. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Do you get the message? God is our refuge. Spiritually, he is the bomb shelter. He is where we go, to whom we go. And we go now. We go daily so that when the problems come when the bombs start falling when the issues start happening we know this as a truth in our lives God is our refuge and our strength three short points God is our refuge when the world is falling apart if you're a someone who lives in Ukrainian tonight your world is is falling apart there are Christians over there and there's people who've chosen to stay put so that they might minister to that situation. We ought to pray very much for them. And of course, while the world is being shaken, here's a picture of creation itself being undone. The, uh, the, the earth is removed. The mountains, the things you look to and so on, carried into the seas. This is a picture of Secure things being cast down. We're going back to the primeval chaos here. It seems as if everything's falling apart. But our God is the one who spoke order out of chaos. Who brought it all out of chaos in the first place. Who brought the mountains from the seas in the first place. Let the dry land appear. And God saw that it was good. So our God is the refuge and strength. When the world is falling apart and uh, there we are the river the city pictures of God's great presence pictures of heaven pictures, pictures of God being secure in the midst of all of these difficulties and therefore our first lesson tonight therefore we don't fear A Christian shouldn't live in fear. God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Are you afraid of anything tonight? You need to take it to the Lord in prayer. Do you have a problem that seems too big for you to handle? You need to take it to the Lord in prayer. We need to know God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. So there's the first lesson. Therefore we will not fear. When troubles come, when disappointment happens, when family issues arise, when cancer comes when, redundant, when the redundancy notice arrives, when bereavement hits, God is 
our refuge and our strength three times that it might sink in to our hearts make a list of your fears and pray through them one by one commit them to him you might want to meet with another Christian and just say can we pray through one for the other very practical thing to do and just bring it to the Lord in prayer where two or three are gathered there am I in the midst who said that Jesus there we are God is our refuge when the world is falling apart that's the picture we get in verses 1 to 5 God is our refuge when our enemies are raging verses 6 to 9 the nations raged the kingdoms were moved he uttered his voice and the earth melted now I don't remember much about history at school never my forte but I do know this there's a lot of battles in history and you learn your history by the battles 1805 was tough 1815 1914 First World War that's right 1916 Battle of the Somme and so on and so you learn your history by battles and in the same way don't we we have to realise that as Christian people we are in a battle we have to have a warfare mentality we shouldn't be surprised when there are attacks spiritually upon us as a church or as individuals. The devil has an army of fallen angels who assist him in his work. We are in a war zone and we have to be equipped with the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and the armor which the Lord himself gives to us. It's his armor and actually it's him. And armed with him, putting on him, we can be victorious. We have to stand and we have to fight spiritually. Not one another. Don't do that. We fight a foe that is spiritual, that is dangerous, that is deadly, that is greater than any one of us, but we know that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Jesus is stronger than Satan and sin. Satan to Jesus must bow. Therefore I triumph without and within. And Jesus saves me now God is our refuge a place you go to outside of us and a strength a spirit who lives within us strength from within what a great God that we have our enemy is strong powerful and coming cunning on earth is not as equal as Luther's famous hymn put it but greater is he than he who is in the world. And of course, this psalm, as do all the psalms, 
as does the whole of the Bible, drives us to be Bible people. Now let me ask you, do you make it your business to read the Bible every day? Read your Bible, read your Bible, read it daily, read it daily. It's a lamp, it's a lamp and a light to my pathway. Daily, disciplined Bible reading at the start of the day makes all the difference to a person's spiritual life. It really does. It may not be for long. You might, not, you might have a busy job or a busy mom or a busy this or a busy that. But every day, start with prayer. Commit it to Him. And take time to be holy and read His Word. You really do need to do this, folks, if you're going to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. God is our refuge We get to know him every day so that when the bombs start falling, the problems start coming, we know where to go. When he's not a stranger to us, it is someone who walks with me and talks with me along life's narrow way. The message of the psalm then, verses 1 to 5, God is our refuge when the world is falling apart. God is our refuge when the enemies are raging. Verses 6 to 9. Do you want the best bit? God is our refuge forever. Forever. How long is forever? It's forever. And that's verses 10 and 11. Let me read them to you. Let God's word speak. Be still. And know that I am God. There is no other. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There's coming a day. It'll start like any other day. But it won't be any other day. It'll be earth's final day. And Jesus will come from heaven. Every eye will see him. And his feet shall stand upon the earth. He will call everyone out of their graves who've ever lived. And they stand before him in judgment. And we give an account. It's spoken of in the book of Revelation. There is a great judgment day. A heaven and a hell and everyone here or listening will be in one of those two places forever if you're not a Christian tonight God's word to you is come the spirit and the bride say come let him that is a thirst let him come you come as you are and you say Lord save me be my God and we're ready for his great coming. God's presence in three ways. The Puritans spoke of his glorious presence. There is a place called heaven where God dwells differentially from everywhere else. In his glory, on his throne, we see glimpses in scripture. The glorious presence of God. That's not here and now. 
God is present in this room, in this meeting, graciously. He's promised. Where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. He's here by his gracious presence. God is in our lives providentially. I'm thinking of the story of John Wesley who used to preach from this psalm. How as a little boy, the vicarage caught fire and it was burning down and then someone saw him in a top window and they managed to get a ladder up and just as they got him out, the whole thing fell to bits. He was a brand plucked from the burning, went on to be a great blessing in our country. God in his providence miraculously snatched him you may have had providences like that in your life where it's all been just and then suddenly God has saved you from it God saves like that That's, he's present in, his li- in our lives by that, in that way present graciously and invisibly by his Holy Spirit but one day one day we'll see him on his throne glorious we'll be in his glorious presence and it will be forever and that's for you if you're a Christian tonight God is our refuge when the world is falling apart God is our refuge when enemies are raging and God for the Christian will be our refuge forever that's the message of this psalm where is Christ where is Christ God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. In the Gospel of Matthew, we're told, uh, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. His other name in chapter 1 is Emmanuel. Emmanuel, that's with us, God, with us God. Emmanuel, God with us. How does Matthew's gospel close? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And lo, I am with you. I am Emmanuel with you always. It starts with Emmanuel as a baby. It ends with Emmanuel as a king sending his people out. He is Emmanuel He is the God who is a very present help in trouble. He is the God who is with us. He is the God of Jacob. Why does it say God of Jacob? Think who Jacob was. He was a sinner. He really was. He lied to his dad. He didn't deserve it, did he? And neither do you. But God's a God of Jacob. He's a God of the sinner. And he's a God who's with us in the person of his son. Not just with us, but in us. Behind us, before us. Above us, underneath us. At our right hand, at our left. And inside. The God of time and space. Emmanuel. God with us. That's where Jesus is in this psalm it's there he's the God who is with us a very present help in trouble do you remember the burning fiery furnace and the three men Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego that were put in there 
And Nebuchadnezzar looks in the flames and he said, I see four men loose and the form of the fourth is like unto a son of the gods. God with us, a very present help in trouble. It was Jesus and it is Jesus when we go through the fiery furnaces. On his way to the Diet of Worms in 1521, five years after he'd nailed his theses to the door, Luther and his friend Philip Melchthon went to Worms, ready for death, ready for imprisonment. And that's where he composed his hymn on the Psalm 46. And whenever he got sad, and he did, he would say to his friend, Philip, Let us sing the 46th Psalm. Let's learn the example from Luther, shall we? And whenever we are cast down, feeling low, let's go to this psalm and be still and know that he is God. Shall we pray?